You're listening to the Sports Rehab Experts Podcast. We sit down with some of the most highly regarded experts in the field of rehab, from physical therapists, athletic trainers, and much more. We dive into what makes them tick and hear about the lessons they have learned along their journey. Come listen to what these experts have to say. All right, welcome on in to the latest episode of the Sports Rehab Experts Podcast. Today we have a very special guest. We have Nick Andres. Nick, welcome in. Thanks, Trace. Appreciate you having me on. All right, Nick, why don't you give a little bit of background about yourself? Tell us, you know, kind of where you grew up and what got you into PT in the first place. Okay, um, so my name is Nick Andres. I'm uh, currently uh, the physical therapist uh, for the Dallas Stars uh, Hockey Club. I also serve as the assistant strength coach. Um, so a little bit about me just kind of growing up. I grew up back in uh, Minnesota. So I grew up in, you know, the state of hockey, um, was familiar with it um, growing up, you know, throughout high school. I unfortunately um, didn't get to play hockey growing up just because of the expense of it. But um, had a lot of friends, went to a lot of hockey games. Um, the Minnesota State High School Hockey Tournament is um, second only to Texas football as far as the most attended high school sporting event in the United States. Um, so I kind of grew up around that, um, and that's what kind of allowed me to, you know, you know, end up in that avenue of within hockey. Um, but I went to undergrad. I played football in college um, at Augustana University, um, which is in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. I um, enjoyed my time there, and then I went to PT school at the, the Mayo Clinic um, in Rochester, Minnesota. And then um, after that, I was like, eh, you know, I've spent all my time in the Midwest, um, you know, been too close to home, too close to mom and dad. So uh, let's go ahead and get out of here. I went down to, to Dallas, Texas for residency. Um, and I, <clears throat> again, kind of well, always had a passion for, for sports and wanted to pursue a residency just because I thought that was going to give me the next you know, step in my you know, career. Um, and so I went to UT Southwestern, who at the time had a um, residency where you got to, uh, to um, work in the training room with the Dallas Stars. You also got to work at a you know, 6A Texas um, high school um, football team and also along with other sports. And then also work with a, a Division III um, college that was nearby. And then after that, um, I got hired on um, with one of the physicians um, at, a local, um, at a private practice. Um, sports medicine clinic. It was sports medicine ortho. Um, and during that time, I also worked PRN. Um, I guess during my residency, I didn't mess up or they thought I would um, did a good enough job that I could uh, stay on as a PRN role with the, with the team. Um, and I did that for three years and then got hired on full time in 2019. So I've been with the stars for now. This is going on my seventh season, but third season as a full time employee. And that's kind of where we are today. You're, you said that you serve as, you know, the, PT, the team PT, but also as uh, an assistant strength coach. Um, kind of tell us about how you're, you know, a little bit more about your role, like kind of what your, the difference is when you're working as a PT and then when you're working as a strength coach. Um, great question. I mean, for me, I don't, I don't really feel like there's two, you know, again, what's in a title. I feel like it's more just a, a title-based thing. You know, I don't really feel like I work two different roles. I feel like they're, they're, they're one and the same. Um, and, you know, and as, as a PT, especially working in the sports realm, you know, we, we blend that role between, you know, rehab and performance. So um, my role specifically, you know, day-to-day -day is, 
it, it can be anything. It can be working with you know guys who you know, may have gotten injured the day before, um, you know, with day to day just you know nagging, you know, hip flexor tightness, low back tightness, you know, random random things like that. Or it could be more long term rehab. Guys have had surgeries, you know. Um, we see a lot of hip injuries, so a lot of like hip arthroscopy patients, um, you know, post um, knee um, knee scopes, um, shoulder scopes, things like that. Um, and then from like the, from the strength side, like I said, it kind of blends. So if I'm working with you know those rehab guys, you know, I'm trying to get them to the point where they're doing a lot more in the weight room. You know, they're doing you know functional movements. They're they're blending towards that, just you know, turning them over to the strength coach. Um, and then again, I also help out with from a from a straight strength perspective. I do we do a lot of like force play testing. We do some um, vertical counter movement jumps. We do some drop jump vertical stuff. Um, you know, to try to help with uh, um, tracking. I mean, that's not really our tracking, but it's the way we kind of do um, key performance um, indices. So I, I help out with that, looking at the data and having conversations with players if their you know if their numbers aren't really matching up with where they have been previously. Um, and then also just, you know, kind of help with programming more in the off season. Um, the head strength coach does a lot with, you know, writing up the programs and then, you know, I'm involved in, okay, what are we doing from a, you know, a sets and reps and intensity perspective, or maybe, maybe what exercises can we incorporate, um, from a, you know, prehab into the program. So it's not just something that they're doing separate from their program. We can kind of implement it in there. Um, so it's a good mix. I, I love my job because I never know what I'm going to do each day. Like, I mean, I have a general idea and then, you know, 30 minutes in it's, you know, well, that plan went out the window and you just kind of, kind of react. And, um, you know, for anyone who's worked in a weight room that, or in a weight room or in a you know training room, that's kind of what, what happens. It's just, you have a little bit of a plan, you know, maybe one or two people that you're going to work with, but then all of a sudden all this other stuff that you had no idea was, you know, happening with players are like, Hey, like my, my low back is really tight. Can you, you know, give me some stretches, some exercises? Um, so that's, that's what makes my, my, my job pretty fun. And that's, um, why I really, really love what I do. Yeah. And you said your role between PT and strength coach kind of blends. So I, I know it's recommended if you want to be involved in sports, you know, getting that strength and conditioning license. So how would you say, having uh, you know, a heavy strength and conditioning background has kind of influenced your, your practice as a PT uh, in terms of like how you prescribe exercises or any, anything else like that? Yeah, so I have, I have my CSCS. I got that when I was a student. And, and I think that's a, it's a good starting place for you know, someone who's wanting to get into you know, the sports side of um, PT. It just kind of offers some, some very fundamental um, you know, some very fundamental principles that you know, can be implemented, you know, as you get into a weight room setting. But I, I think it's, for most people who are in PT school, it, it seems kind of rudimentary. So I, th I think it just kind of wets your whistle as far as where you want to go with the strength perspective. And then it allows you to kind of look at, you know, who are some of the, you know, the quote unquote, you know, experts in the field and start looking into some, you know, some of the, the, the modalities and te techniques that they're doing. Um, so again, playing you know sports in high school and then in college, you you really get us you get really accustomed to being in the weight room, and you get used to training, and it's kind of something that's a part of your DNA, and so you you understand how athletes you know they're so used to that, and it's something that you know if you take that away from them too during the rehab perspective, you know you're, you're taking. You know, not only are they you know, already dealing with the mental side of their injury and not being able to perform and play, 
but you know if you're not able to to you know, get them back into the weight room doing you know things that they're accustomed to doing i think you know you're kind of doing a little disservice to the athlete um but like i said the, the cscs is a good starting point um but there's a lot of good resources a lot of good you know podcasts there's a lot of good um you know books out there um you know <clears throat> that you can you know find to to, to help build that um, strength and conditioning background so i kind of wanted to go a little bit back when you, you were telling telling us about your residency what's something that you experienced during your residency that you think you know is invaluable or you don't know if you could have gained without that residency i think it's the relationships um i don't think i'd be anywhere um, where I am today, if it wasn't for the relationships I built during the residency, whether that was my mentors at the, at the program, um, I still keep in contact with them. Um, also the physicians that I got a chance to work with, I still talk, you know, with them weekly. Um, they're still involved with, with our team specifically, our head team physician I worked with very closely. Um, and I have a very good relationship with him. Um, so I, th- I think that's probably the most important thing that I took away from residencies because you, you, you know, most, you don't have to get you know, too deep into residencies, but you learn so much. You're, you're constantly involved in literature and journal clubs and all, all of this didactic education, and you'll forget 50% of it, but you, you won't forget the people that you met during that time because you're really growing your, you know, your professional network. And, um, and that's, you know, where, where I am today is because of the people that I met during that time. All right. So speaking of, you know, the people that you met along your journey that have kind of helped you get you to where you were, um, when working in the sports medicine scene, what are some like effective strategies that you use to communicate to physicians or athletic trainers or even like position coaches or head coaches? Um, I think the one thing for me, and again, not to say that this is what you know got me to where I was, but again, when I was a resident, I just tried to soak up as much information as I could. Um, I just kind of had this constant, you know, quench for for knowledge um and it would maybe have got to the point with those people that i got to be annoying for them but i was just you know trying to be a fly on the wall listen to whatever the physicians had to say um you know when they were you know examining a player you know during a game you know or even afterwards like just the way that they communicated with them you know their language you know, just the things that they were, you know, and then, you know, afterwards, you know, just trying to follow up and be like, hey, like, I noticed you said this, like, you know, you, you had talked about, you know, their, their cartilage, you know, health and things like that. And, you know, and what is that? And, you know, just follow up questions, you know, and just, I think the one thing with physicians, and this is just from working with them for a while is, you know, they're extremely smart and they love to teach, um, you know, it, they love to, you know, share their knowledge. So, you know, just asking open-ended questions and just letting them, you know, kind of go down the rabbit hole was for me just eye-opening and, you know, helped me learn a lot. And I think, you know, for them just listening, um, you know, again, I think just, you know, made made them have a, a you know, better appreciation for me as a PT wanting to, to learn about what they do and, you know, how to help their patients or their athletes better. Um, and then the other thing I think that, that helped with relationships was just, you know, constantly being, um, just kind of keep showing up like each day, just always being there and just kind of, you know, going through the process of, you know, I may not, you know, be doing much, you know, as an, <clears throat> in the athletic training room, um, as a resident, but just being there, you know, setting up game readies, you know, wrapping ice bags on, you know, cleaning up the weight room, you know, just small little things and just, just constantly being there and, um, you know, <clears throat> letting them be, 
letting him know that I was going to be someone they could count on to be, um, you know, I, that I was a reliable person. And then, you know, they would give me you know, more important tasks like, hey, this guy is dealing with a little bit of uh, this issue. And, you, you know, with your PT background, can you take him through a little of an activation? And then slowly and slowly as, you know, I you know, show that I had competency as a PT, they gave me more and more responsibility. So those are kind of the, the two things is just, you know, constantly just wanting to learn and then also just being, you know, consistent in the process of, you know, in, when you're young as a PT, you think you know it all. You think you know a lot. You know, you, you go on Instagram and you see all this stuff. And it's like, you know, you, <clears throat> you think you're super smart. And it's like, well, you go to the actually application side of it or how to work with an athlete. Like, oh, man, like I get lost. I'm, I'm frozen. So, you know, there's a there's a process and a patience that comes you know, along with that. And, and, you know, people who are in those higher positions, whether it's ATs or those people who are working with teams, they, they recognize the people that are willing to put in the small little um, details and get better and better at what they do and constantly learn that, um, you know, they, they recognize that. And hopefully then, you know, that helps you get into the, the sports profession. Right. So kind of talking a little bit about physical therapy broadly in the sports medicine world, I think, more recently, physical therapy has kind of carved out a bigger role on the sports medicine team. Um, so what's like one of the ways that you kind of advocate for PT as a profession in a, you know, typically athletic trainer, physician driven worlds, you know, because those have kind of been this, the longstanding professions within the sports medicine team. So what do you do like to kind of advocate for PT as a profession within this larger sports medicine team? I mean, I think, um, you know, just having a different skill set um, and just letting, you know, physicians and ATs see the skill set that's different from theirs. Like I, I know I have such great respect for, you know, athletic trainers and their their initial in-game uh, management of injuries. Like I you know, would freeze in those situations and I have such respect for what they do. And I try to learn a little bit about it, but I know that I'm never going to you know have the um, you know, competency that they have in that. And I think, you know, showing in a, in a training room setting of like, okay, as a PT, I can, you know, offer, you know, different manual therapy, therapy techniques. I can offer different, you know, you know, therapeutic exercise or neuromuscular reeducation or the way that I, you know, implement, um, you know, a, a you know, program of like manual therapy followed by specific exercises followed by strengthening exercises from a weight room um, from a strength conditioning perspective you know just showing that um and again you don't have to like you know explain that to them but just like you know if you get the chance to work with you know an athlete or a patient you know showing that to them um because there is such clear delineation between our roles you know everyone has their you know the, the AT. You know, has their you know what they're really good at and what they're what they you know, what they're strong at, and I have what I'm strong at. And the physician has you know their their tool bag of what they're able to offer and you know their skill set. Chiropractors, you know, sports psychologists, all of this you know, kind of fits in. And I think you know as a young PT, you have to kind of humble yourself and realize you don't have to do it all. You don't have to be a superhero, but what what makes you more you know makes you more trusted by your athletes and your patients is being able to, you know, know when they need someone else's help, like when they need to see a physician, when they need to see an AT, when they need to see a Cairo, like being able to delineate roles and recognize your boundaries, I think, I think are huge. Um, Cause I, I tried to that like when I was like, you know, young in my first and second years, like I want to do everything. I want to be the psychosocial. I want to do, manipulation i want to try to do all the taping all this like i wanted to do everything and it's like 
and you're not only going to burn yourself out, but you're also doing your athlete a disservice because if you spread yourself so thin amongst all these everything, you know, there's nothing you're going to be good at, and you're going to be missing a lot of you know things that you know you know as your as your strengths. Um, so I think that that's kind of my my thought is that each person has their specific role in the sports medicine team, at least in the the professional um, world, and just recognizing what are your limits and what are you good at. And again, don't don't sell yourself short and just be like, okay. I'm good at this and that's what I'm going to stay good at, you know, still hone your craft and still get good at things, but also recognize where you might be limited. Right. And I, I like to ask that question to people that work in a larger sports medicine team, um, because sometimes, if, if, you know, people always ask, um, you know, general population people ask, like, you know, what's the difference between athletic trainers and physical therapists, just because, you know, for lack of better knowledge. And so within that larger team, it's important, I guess, you know, I can see the point of it being important that you play your role and you just play it to the best of your own ability. Okay, so I kind of wanted to ask a larger, broader question. You know, why why did you want to do sports over you know working general with general population patients? Um, and the reason I ask this is just because you know athletes are regular patients, but they are just working at a much higher capacity. So what made you you know drew you to the sports population? so much that you wanted to pursue a residency and then, you know, work at eventually at a professional level? Yeah. So, I mean, I knew at a young age, I loved sports. I mean, growing up, I was, you know, I was a kid that watched ESPN uh, sports center on like the, they used to show it in the morning and it was the same episode over and over again. I'd watch it like three times and I'd already seen it. And I just, I loved you know, everything about sports. It didn't matter whether soccer, baseball, whatever, like I played um, basketball and football in high school and like, loved every every sport so i was like man like if i could have a career in sports like that'd be unreal and so you know in high school i didn't really know what what kind of paths there were to do that um i liked medicine i liked the thought of helping people i was like oh maybe athletic trainer maybe physician maybe pt and it probably wasn't until you know midway through um college that i kind of figured you know physical therapists kind of have the best balance of like you know, working with athletes, working with, um, you know, how much time they spend with them compared to a physician or, you know, an athletic trainer obviously spends a lot of time, but, you know, again, it just felt like the right balance for me. And then, you know, during PT school, you know, I was like, yeah, maybe I could do ortho. Like that seems, you know, I, I try to go in open-minded to, to PT school. Like, you know, maybe I'll find that I really love neuro or maybe I really love ortho, even though I kind of knew that my bias was toward sports just because I was like, man, I love being in a team setting, you know, playing, if anyone who's ever played sports, there's just something different about being a part of a team, um, you know, working towards a common goal, you know, the, the thrill of, you know, wins and even, you know, the defeats that happen and, you know, just all of that, you know, brings you closer together. So it was something that I knew I wanted and it really hit me, you know, probably a year into PT school, like I'd been away from football for a year and I was like, man, I miss that, I miss having just that, that core group of people that had similar interests to me and were working towards goals. Like, all right, I'm going to do a pro, I'm going to do a sports residency because I feel like that's the next, you know, for me I don't have an ATC background, so I need to do something that's going to separate me from, you know, other, you know, new grads. Um, <clears throat> and so yeah, that's that's kind of when I knew I wanted to do sports sports PT. Yeah. So kind of going, you know, you've kind of had that huge journey all the way to get you to where you are right now. I know you've been working there, you said, you know, seven years in some capacity working with the, the Dallas Stars. So tell me um, a little bit more fun-filled question. What's one of your favorite memories, you know, while working in the organization that you've had 
It could be, you know, in the training room or on a game day or in a practice. What's something that stands out to you the most? I think the, the most thrilling thing for me was probably, um, it's probably, it would have been two years ago, it would have been 2019 playoffs, um, first round. Um, we were the number seven seed, I believe. Uh, no, number eight seed, and we were going up against number one seed. And we had gone to overtime um, with, the, um, with the number one seed. It was game six, and we, we won in overtime. Um, so in you know, uh, hockey, it's, it's winner take all once it gets to overtime. So we, um, we won in overtime four to three and went on to the next round. And it was just – there was 20,000 people in the stands. It was just high pressure. And just afterwards, just the, the, the feeling in the locker room was incredible. Um, and I think just hearing the, the fans, you know, cheer um, was was incredible once once the goal went in. So that was probably my, my, my most from a team perspective, you know, as like a PT side of things, you know, anytime I see, you know, an athlete that I've worked with for a long period of time, having them see success like is, is a big win for me. I don't have one specifically, but, you know, there's a couple guys that I've worked with, you know, post hip scope and I see them you know, score a goal or, you know, see them just kind of getting back to themselves. Like I, I take great joy in that. Um, and that's why I love this is it's, you know, I, I think sometimes in sports we like to have an ego and even as like a PT, sometimes we have an, an ego, but you know, what gives me the biggest, biggest success or the biggest happiness is, is seeing those guys do what they love and what they're good at. Yeah. And uh, you're kind of your story about, you know, 20,000 fans screaming game six overtime. Like, you know, that's the type of stuff that gives you goosebumps and, you know, makes us really love sports because those moments are so unique and um, you know, being part of like not only a team, but being part of something larger where there's thousands of people all believing in the like same thing. That's kind of what makes sports so great. Um, and you know, I think sports PT is so great. All right. So last question, then I'll get you out of here. Um, give us a day in the life of you, whether it be, you can kind of choose whether it's like, you know, a normal, you know, practice day or a home game or an away game? Because I know right now you're up in Canada in a hotel room. So I appreciate you taking the time. So kind of give us a rundown of what is it, what it's like to be a day in the life uh, sports PT for the Dallas Stars. Um, so I think, I think a practice day is probably, you know, the most kind of consistent day. Um, and that usually starts out, it starts out in the morning. We'll, you know, get players rolling the practices at noon. They come in around nine o'clock. Uh, or sorry, if we have rehab players that come in around nine o'clock. So these are these are like our longer longer care or like um, you know post surgical patients. So last year we had a fair number. We had um, you know one FAI patient, um, one one player who had a, a meniscus repair, um, and we had a couple core muscle surgeries that were happening. So that that's kind of when we try to do our longer term rehab, just so they get the one on one or the one on two type of model um <clears throat> because then about an hour after that most of the other the players start to roll in and our goal once they they roll in is again if they're not really nursing an injury but it's to try to get them you know back on the ice whether that's you know doing manual therapy manipulation mobilization and then some therapeutic exercise or neuromuscular rehab um and then after that um if uh, would be maybe doing some sort of lift. Um, so there I'm kind of helping out our strength coach with, you know, what are we programming? Um, obviously he, that's, that's his domain. And I just try to offer advice as best I can of like what I'm seeing from maybe from like a, you know, like a chronic, you know, guys are kind of having some, some groin tightness. So maybe we need to, to, you know, 
dose in some some adductor strengthening or some Copenhagen planks or something like that. Um, but yeah, and then the players will will do a lift. Um, they'll watch video, and then they go out on practice for you know anywhere from you know thirty minutes to an hour, depending on do we have a game day or um, or is it another practice day the next day. And then after practice, um, it's just offering recovery modalities. So doing you know some massage, doing some dry needling, doing some you know, some stretching, or taking guys through just a little bit of a you know mobility program. What, whatever kind of you know guys are you know in the need for that day. Um, and yeah, that's about it. So yeah, then it's kind of a you know nine a.m. to three or four o'clock in the afternoon. Um, and it's then the next day is you're more than likely a game day. I mean, playing 82 games a year, we play around three games, three games a week. Um, <clears throat> and if you ask anyone in pro sports, they'll tell you there's only three days of the week. There's not seven. It's either it's either a game day, a practice day, or it's an off day for the players and you have treatments. So, um, but yeah, that's kind of the, the typical day in the life. I love it because it, like I said, it, it changes from day to day. So before we get you out of here, do you have any advice for any aspiring sports PTs, whether they're in PT school, whether they're an undergrad or, you know, at any stage in their career, what's it, some advice that you would give to someone that wants to do be, you know, work at a professional level? I think it's, it's, it's be patient and then trust, trust the process is, um, you know, I'm reading this book right now and I think it, it hit home for me a lot of this stuff about being an early PT. It's, it's called chop wood, carry water. And it's basically all about the process of becoming great. And I mean, I don't think I'm great by any means. I think I still have a long ways to go, but I think looking back of like putting in lots, you know, putting in hours and, and doing little things and doing them consistently and regularly and being patient with it will help you get to where you want to go is don't, don't expect like, you know, right out of PT school that you're going to have, or you know, right out of residency, you're going to have exactly the, the job that you want to have. You know, know what you want to do. Know if, okay, if the goal is to work in a professional sports or if it's to work in a collegiate setting, um, you know, what what goals or what things do I need to accomplish along the way to get there? And and just set yourself up for accept, success by doing the little things to get you there. You know, make the relationships that you need to make. You know, learn what you need to learn to get there. And, and put in the time is it's anyone who tell you who's in pro sports is they didn't get there you know just by luck they put in a long a lot of long hours and they put in a lot of time and you know and even when you're in that that setting too is it doesn't stop because you keep putting in long hours you keep putting in the work um so stay patient stay humble and keep working is probably my advice for for young pts okay i think that's great advice um that you know everyone should take in because it's you know easier said than done but, you know, it's important to remain patient and realize that, you know, not everything's going to come right away. Um, kind of like we expect of our patients in rehab, you know, it's not always going to be right away that they're going to be fixed. But over a long period of time and with a good amount of work, they can get better. Um, Nick, I really appreciate you coming on and, you know, giving us some great advice and kind of giving us a little bit more about, your, you know, telling us a little bit more about your role with the Dallas Stars and kind of telling us more about your residency experience and then kind of, ending off with some great advice. Um, is there anything that you would like to plug any social media or anything like that? No, I'm not, I'm not big on, on social media, but I mean, you feel free to, you know, you can put my email out there. Um, you know, people are more than welcome to you know contact me if they have questions or anything like that. Um, I would say kudos to you for, for putting out this content for, for young PTs. Um, 
is something I'm, I'm passionate about is, is, you know, helping young professionals, you know, kind of achieve and get to the position that I'm in. Um, you know, so if anyone ever, you know, has questions or, you know, wants to just, you know, talk shop or, or chum it up, um, I'm more than happy to. So, you know, like I said, feel free to you know, put my email. Um, and uh, like I said, kudos to you, man. I, I appreciate what you're doing for, for young PTs and uh, it's great on yourself. All right. Well, thank you for the kind words. Um, and with that being said, this has been the latest episode of the Sports Rehab Experts podcast. Thanks to Nick Andrees for coming on to the latest episode of the Sports Rehab Experts podcast. Nick gave us a great day in the life of what it's like to be a PT for the Dallas Stars. If you learned anything new, enjoyed our guests, or want to hear more episodes from great future guests, please like and subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever else you're listening.